Welcome to the 25-yard line. I am your host, Steve Johnson. We got episode nine coming at you here. I've got Grant Freeman with me. How are you doing this week, Grant? I'm doing all right. Uh, my Niners are still unfortunately dead, um, which is depressing. But, you know, there's still some bright spots in this in this fantasy football season from them. So hopefully we can have some fun talking about them. Yeah, you know, the Niners are at that point where maybe, uh, you know, maybe the Jets turn it around and the Niners can still tank for Trevor. But I'm I'm starting to think that maybe that's not a possibility. The way that the Jets are losing football games right now makes me seem like it's just it's it's comical the way that Adam Gase is losing football games. That man still has a job. I can't it's, believe it. You know, I'm, I'm, I never root for someone to lose their job or be out of work. But how is he still a head coach? <sighs> Uh, there were better coaches that have already been fired before Adam Gase. The only conceivable thing I can think of is that he has some deal with the ownership <laughs> that they want the number one overall pick. And they're like, you know what? Like, just have some fun this season. Go ahead and take a year off. You know, hang out. And, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe give us some entertaining press conferences that are a little meme worthy. And right. otherwise, we're not expecting anything from you. Yeah, it's it, if you're on that team, it's got to be disheartening. Yeah, it is. But, you know, we get to have fun watching them blow huge leads. They should <laughs> have won last night, but they didn't. But that's neither here nor there. Coming up today on the show, we are continuing our division breakdown. We're going to look at the southern divisions of the National Football League this week, looking at the AFC and NFC South. But before we get there, we are going to look at our standout players of the week. These are the players that Grant and I are highlighting from this past weekend of football that went above and beyond and had awesome games and were guys that you were really hoping were in your starting lineup. Grant, who is your uh, standout player of the week? Yeah, my standout player this week is going to be Richie James from the 49ers. Um, 9 of 13 for 184 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, kind of a junk time TD. But in the fantasy world, you will take any touchdowns where you can get them. Um, so, I mean, really, Richie James is kind of a guy to watch for as long as Debo Samuel's out. It looks like Nick Mullins does want to throw it to him. Um, but I mean, with IU dealing with injuries as well. Yeah, IU dealing with injuries. Plus, they had all the COVID stuff, um, which it looks like Kendrick Bourne is going to be back on that list for this week. So, Richie James could see some more playing time this week. Um, and so you definitely, I mean, they're playing against the Saints. So, I mean, who knows what that what that offense is going to look like against that defense. Yeah, um, but I mean, don't love the Richie idea James. of him being the number one receiver against that defense. If yeah. Marshawn Lattimore is healthy. Yeah. You, you don't As we love saw that what idea. He did. So we saw what he did with Evans this last week. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you had him in your starting lineup this week, more power to you. That's awesome. Yep. But I mean, he's kind of a guy that I think you're watching going forward, uh, but you may, you may be looking more matchups week to week. Yeah. He was point. 5% rostered in ESPN leagues. I'm not seeing that he was started in a lot of leagues, most likely. 0.1% started. What is that like? Maybe <laughs> like maybe a thousand like leagues 30 in leagues. the country he was started in. <laughs> but here's a fun stat on him. Uh, in his career, he had 15 catches for 295 yards coming into this game. <laughs> so he, he went... He, almost got half of what he had done in his entire <laughs> career he did a little bit more than half in terms of yards and catches oh my gosh yeah he, he yeah. got better than 50 percent of his career totals in that one game mm -hmm. so he's not a wide receiver one yet but i agree he's someone to watch going forward uh, my standout player of the week this week is kyler murray we talked about this last week on our bonus episode that Kyler Murray, I had him ahead of Patrick Mahomes. And you know what he just did this past week? He didn't move ahead of Patrick Mahomes on the total scoring on the season, but he is now ahead of Patrick Mahomes in points per game. Oh, nice. Yeah, he is the number one player in points per game, number one quarterback in points per game. He is averaging 29 points. 
two points per game. That was obviously oh helped gosh. by an awesome game that he had against Miami. And Miami's defense is, has been playing better than they're getting credit for. So this yes. wasn't just Kyler Murray beating up on a terrible defense, but he completed 80% of his passes, 21 of 26 for 283 yards and three touchdowns through the air. And then he added 11 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Kyler Murray is just a stud, and you're starting him every week going forward. It'll be interesting to see whether him or Russell Wilson ends up as the number one quarterback in fantasy, but barring injury, it's going to be one of those two guys. Yeah, more more than likely. And if you're Kyler Murray, you've got to be such a brutal loss for for how good of a game that he played um, with with the Cardinals trying to settle for a field goal that Zane Gonzalez of all people's misses from 43 yards. Um, And what's what's frustrating is that 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 Cardinals defense hadn't really gotten a stop all day. And so the fact that they didn't trust Kyler Murray on fourth down to try and get you that, I think it was like two or three yards, um, but to try and win it and then get your defense to stop like that's, if you're Kyler Murray, you got to be you, you got to be frustrated with that decision oh, absolutely. Uh, on Tuesday morning. Yeah, he he was real bummed after the game. But as far as fantasy is concerned, it was a great game for Kyler Murray. You're starting him going forward, and that's that's not even a yep. question. Doesn't matter the matchup; you can trust him. You can trust him. Well, let's move into our main topic of the day. We're getting into our division breakdown, looking at the Southern divisions. Let's start things off with the AFC. And let's let's go with the AFC South here. There's, you know, a little bit of fantasy value here. But overall, <laughs> I don't think we have to have a super long discussion on here. So why don't you walk us through the Colts, Grant? Yeah, I mean, Colts quarterback is Phillip Rivers. You're, you're not starting him. I mean, even if you wanted to try and play matchups, he's just been so inconsistent so far this season that you can't trust him. There's better quarterbacks on your waiver wire on a week-to-week mm-hmm. than Phillip Rivers. Um, as for the running back, there's a little bit of controversy here. Um, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, they keep saying, is the number one guy. Um, but Jonathan Taylor keeps having issues with protecting the ball. Um, you saw it this week. He scored the touchdown. You thought that Jonathan Taylor was going to be the guy for the rest of the game. And then on the next series or the series after that, loses that fumble that's returned for uh, for a touchdown by the Baltimore defense. So mm-hmm. um, Taylor is the guy going forward that I think I trust a little bit more, but you're not really confident about it. Yeah, And if I you're going to handcuff him. He's uh... – I feel like he's still in that flex consideration yeah. category, but you also don't know, like you're right. He, he had a rough game this past week at some point. I mean, it's not like Naheem Hines is playing significantly better. Taylor no. still got into the end zone, which makes his day look a lot better than it was. Yeah. But it even still wasn't even that, that great. I no, think it was a rough points. day without that touchdown. We're looking at a three and a half point game out of him. Yeah. So I, if you're handcuffing Taylor, Hines is the guy that you want with Wilkins is kind of trying to push his way in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not, like I said, you're not really confident about any of those guys. Um, if Taylor can start getting his ball control um, under wraps, then I think he is going to be the guy going forward uh, for them. Yeah, I do think he's the most talented guy on the team, but you're right. The, the fumbling problem is real and mm-hmm. they, they're definitely going to want to get that under control if they're going to want to go forward with him yeah as for the wide receivers i mean it's it's kind of i don't think there's really a clear-cut wide receiver one it's kind of a toss-up between hilton, hilton and pascal uh pascal has had a little bit more production so far this season than hilton but again i mean if you're running with pascal you're hoping that he gets into the end zone um to kind of salvage a day but i don't think you're really trusting either of these wide receivers long term no you're really not i want to read you a text i got that was that was great this week um from our good friend phil that plays in our, our dynasty <laughs> league with us his team has just been so ravaged by injuries this year he doesn't have a bad Does, team, doesn't he but he's in doesn't he have like by such a long shot just because doesn't he have like a quarter of his team on the IR? oh yeah it's brutal <laughs> but ty hilton is one of his receivers and he texted me on Saturday evening just saying, why does Rivers hate T.Y. Hilton? <laughs> or is Hilton suddenly bad? And I, I just replied, it's some combination of both. 
Like, <laughs> is not what he used to be. He no. he's had a great career. More power to him. He he was a really fun player to watch for a long time. But yep. he has one game this season with more than five targets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. So I mean, you're not you're not trusting really either of these wide receivers going forward. I mean, maybe you look for Pascal in a matchup if you're in a real pinch. But outside of that, I don't think you're really trying to trying to use these guys on a week to week basis. Yep, I agree. Pascal's the guy you want if you have to, but you're gonna avoid him if you can. Uh, I do want to make a quick comment before we move on from there. We haven't been talking about a lot of dynasty lately, but Paris Campbell is a guy that I'm still interested in dynasty. Yep. He we didn't really get to see a lot out of him because he had one great game. He had that one game and we haven't and seen him tore since. His ACL, tore his ACL in week two. Yeah. Uh, Six receptions so, for 71 yeah. yards in his first game, and since then yeah. we just haven't really seen anything. So if you're in dynasty, I am still interested in Paris Campbell, see what he's doing going forward. Obviously, Phillip Rivers isn't going to be their quarterback long term. They may be looking yeah. to add someone in the draft or in free agency this year. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But I, I'm interested in Paris Campbell going forward. And Only and an interesting staff for you. In an interesting staff for you, just with this Colts offense going into next year, they're going to have roughly 94 million dollars in cap space available next wow. year. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be shocking for them to go out and actually get a probably get a better quarterback than Phillip Rivers, um, and and run with that, which could bring you some good. Uh, value to the offense next year if you're in dynasties. Should we play a really quick? Who do we think they're going to go after? What quarterback? What quarterback um, can we see going there? I mean, Tyrod Taylor is one guy that comes to mind for me. Tyrod Taylor is one guy that comes to mind. I mean, Jacoby Brissett they could keep. Yeah, um, they they made the decision to move will. on from him already. I don't think. Yeah, interested. I mean, in Cam Newton's on a one-year deal. Sure. Um, I, we were looking at the quarterback list last night, uh, a friend and I, and it's, it's going to be a quarterback wasteland on the free agent market this next year. Yeah. That's like kind of what I was thinking. Phillip Rivers and Tyrod Taylor, maybe your two best options on that list. Yeah. Which you're not super excited about either, but I no. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the off season. Maybe they end up going for someone in the draft. Yeah. But that's all, you know, we'll talk about that in April. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So their quarterback situation is a little murky because Gardner Minshew is their starter. He's dealing with an injury on his hand. Yep. When he comes back, you would assume he's the starter, but he mm-hmm. hasn't been super impressive so far this no. season. And we only have a one-game sample size from Luton, but he looked reasonably good. Yeah. I mean, he hit... DJ Chark on, I think it was his second pass of the game for a 73-yard touchdown. Um, and I think probably he threw probably about 50 yards of that, given Chark about 20, 25 left to go to get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he can hit the deep ball, which uh, he, he kind of excites you because uh, there's big play opportunity. Sure. But, I mean, the way that that offense is right now, I you're not trusting these guys as far as you can throw them, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. There, I just don't see. I don't see either guy. Like, sure, if if Luton gets the job instead of Minshew, he he will see. He may have more value against the Houston yeah. defense. You don't want to put too much weight on a good game yeah. because Houston's defense has just been horrendous this year. So, I mean, we'll see what he does against Green Bay. It looks like Minshew is likely not going to be back. Luton's most likely going to be the starter on Sunday. It's at Lambeau, and it's starting to get a little colder. (laughs) It's starting to get cold and windy in Lambeau, and unless unless you have Aaron Rodgers, you're not trusting a quarterback in Lambeau. Yeah, and, I mean, it's not as scary as it was without fans in the stadium, but you still don't love it. And then after Green Bay, they've got Pittsburgh at home. No, you're just, no. it's not, it'd no. be one thing. And then if you look at playoffs, weeks 15 and 16, you have Baltimore and Chicago. Oh yeah. You don't, no. you, you want nothing to yeah. do with the Jaguars offense with that upcoming yeah. season. We've already spent too much time talking about these quarterbacks because you don't care about either one. If you're in a nope. really, really, really deep league, hang on to one or both of them. If you have the bench space, but I'm not, I'm, I'm comfortable dropping either guy. Yeah. And if there's someone who's super quarterback desperate and wants to trade you a wide receiver four for Luton just based on the one good game at Houston, take them up on it. 
do it. Uh, at running back, though, we've got James Robinson, who this was our surprise player last week. If you if you haven't yeah. listened to our bonus episode last week where we redrafted the first three rounds, go give it a listen. There's some good stuff in there. James Robinson was that guy that crept into the first round that was kind of a surprise that would have been a surprise earlier in the season, but we all felt really comfortable. I guess he crept yeah. into the beginning of the second round. He ended up yeah, going I at 11. Was, I had him as a first rounder. I think he ended up going uh, going at 11. But Robinson looks good. I, he's a guy I trust going forward. James Robinson is mm-hmm. an RB1 moving forward from this point in the season. Where yeah. the challenge comes in this offense is talking about James Robinson's handcuff. Mm-hmm. Because I, I do think his success is in large part a product of how good he has been and not necessarily because he's in this awesome offense. Correct. And he's getting crazy amounts of touches. I don't know if there's another running back on the team that is going to get that many touches if James Robinson were to go down. I guess it's Chris Thompson, but Chris Thompson is yeah. really a change of pace guy. And I mm-hmm. I have to believe that if James Robinson were to go down with an injury, it'd be some form of committee approach. I know they like Raquel Armstead, but he's dealing with injury right mm-hmm. now. If he comes back, maybe he's the guy. Uh, Davina Zigbo is in the mix there. <laughs> like, uh, who else are you going to get? I, I'm just learning this now. Alfred Blue is apparently on their roster, which is a name I haven't said in like three years. Oh, my gosh. When was the last time he was fantasy relevant? Um, Houston. Maybe six years uh, ago. When Arian Foster? <laughs> no. Uh, a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, so there's just there's just not much in the in the Jaguars offense. If you have Robinson, yeah. he's one of those guys that's good enough that you really want to have him handcuffed. So I guess mm-hmm. Chris Thompson is probably the guy to to, yeah. to have on your roster, but it's not a clear cut situation like you have, for no. example, in Minnesota, where when Dalvin no. Cook goes down, Alexander Madison instantly becomes an RB one. I don't think I don't think Jacksonville is the same situation. Mm-hmm. No, uh, at receiver. We're looking at, um, I mean, you've got DJ Chark and Keelan Cole, which are both guys that are not super exciting. Chark is in that flex range. Keelan Cole is just outside the flex range. He's he's a heavy bye week flex consideration. If you're looking for junk time points, Chark is probably my guy. But I I. I, again, I don't think you're really trusting these wide receivers as on a day, week-to-week basis. No, Chark has been so inconsistent. He has two games of over 25 points and two games of less than five points this season. Oh, geez. So he he could very easily win you a matchup, and he could very easily lose you a matchup, and it's going to be really, really hard to predict which week it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... He put up 4.6 points against Houston, so it's not even like he's super matchup dependent. Mm-hmm. He's just someone you want to stay away from. Um, well, that's about all we have in Jacksonville. There's there's not much there, so why don't we move on to a, a slightly better offense, and why don't you walk us through the Texans? Yeah, Texans quarterbacks to Sean Watson. I mean, with the change of – with the change of coach there, it seems like Deshaun Watson's value has actually gone up a little yeah. bit. Um, he's he's playing a heck of a lot better. I think the fact that they finally have an offense that's not running through Bill O'Brien um, is is working out in his favor uh, because it's allowing him a lot more opportunity and a lot more freedom to do uh, to have some of those play action option plays um that he liked to run in clemson so much yeah i'm gonna, um, I'm gonna so, be saying this about a lot of these players because their offense just got so much better when bill o'brien left but post bill o'brien deshaun watson has not had a game with less than 24 fantasy points yeah so if you're if you're running with deshaun if you grab deshaun watson uh, i think he was going kind of third fourth round in a lot of mm-hmm. drafts that i saw um i think I think he'll be able to get you a return on that investment uh, or at least get close to it here as we go through the season. Um, you're a little kind of wary of his playoff schedule because I think they played the Steelers at one of those weeks. Um, so you're a little worried there. But, I mean, so far, 
he's showing why you drafted him at that position and with the value that he's giving. Yeah, you. they don't have they don't have the Steelers, but they do have uh, Week 13 Indy. Who knows which Indy oh, defense yeah. you're going to get? They've either been really good or really bad, depending on really bad. depending on their yeah. opponent. But then they've got Chicago in Week 14, who has just been yeah. they're they're number one against good. quarterbacks, number three against wide receivers on defense. Their defense has been yeah. lights out to make up for how bad their offense is. And then Indianapolis again in week 15. And then after that, you get Cincy in 16. So if you make it to the championship round, you feel really good yeah. about it. But you've got to get through yep. Indy, Chicago, Indy in order to get there. Yeah. So I think if you're in a spot where you're fighting for a playoff spot, I think he's the guy that you trust. Uh, but once you get into the playoffs, I mean, you may want to look at a secondary quarterback. but. I mean, up until he until he shows otherwise, I think you trust him going forward. Yep, I agree. Uh, as for the running backs, David Johnson is the lead guy there because Bill O'Brien spent so much to get David Johnson and his super back heavy contract for whatever reason. Yeah, and gave up DeAndre um, Hopkins to do it. Let that let that I, settle in. I still, I still can't believe that. Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins away for a bag of nails and David Johnson. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's going to be the number one guy. I think he's currently dealing with a concussion this yep. week. Um, so you don't like that. I haven't ruled him out um, for this Sunday yet, but you don't. But you want to keep an eye keep on him. A lot of it's been more rare in recent years that a player gets a concussion and comes back in week one, just because the concussion protocols are, are in place and they're doing such yeah. a better job of watching out for players, health monitoring and monitoring players throughout the week. Uh, I mean, Allen Robinson came back within a week, so you, you can never definitively say it, but it's more surprising yeah. to see a player come back on a, on a Sunday game when they got a concussion the previous Sunday. Yeah. Um, so, if that's the case, uh, Duke Johnson is the handcuff there. Uh, I, you kind of like him. Uh, if Deshaun Watson can get the passing game going, Duke Johnson becomes a little bit more uh, inviting and fantasy friendly. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it really comes down to whether or not Deshaun Watson and the Texans can get the passing game going um, to give you the value that you're going to need from Duke Johnson uh, long term. Um, it's, it's again, one of these running back situations that if you have both of these guys, you're not really confident going forward with both of these guys. Um, and you're probably looking somewhere else to try and get you that value, uh, for each of these guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, one more note, just make sure you note they have D Johnson and D Johnson, the way it shows up on your app. So just pay attention. I was playing. I think I was yep. playing against you. You've got Duke Johnson in a league or two. I was playing against you one week in one of our many leagues together. And I was watching mm -hmm. the Houston game and I saw uh, I was playing against D Johnson. And then David Johnson ran in a touchdown. And I'm going, dang it. And then I look and you know, you've still only got like <laughs> my score has it updated. fantasy points. And I'm going, man, the, 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 the ESPN app's way behind and realized it was playing against Duke. And I, I, think, I, yeah. I think I won that week. Yeah. Um, as for the wide receivers, Will Fuller is the clear-cut wide receiver one yep. now with Hopkins gone. Um, Deshaun Watson likes to throw to him. He's got that explosive uh, explosive power that you like from Dude, a wide receiver this one. This is the season we've uh, been waiting for for Will Fuller. I, I mean, I'm going to knock yep. on some wood right now because <laughs> Will Fuller every year is that receiver that we all look at and say, if he's able to stay on the field, he's a really good player, and he hasn't yep. done it yet. But he's a top nope. 15 guy so far this year. He had some injury yep. issues in week two, but since then he's looked so good. Yeah. Yeah, so, and especially now, again, surprisingly enough, Bill O'Brien gone from the offense, not running the plays anymore the offense becomes much better. Um, so again, Will Fuller, I think is a guy that you like going forward. Again, you're a little worrisome of that, of that three week stretch where they play face Indy mm -hmm. twice in Chicago. Yeah, once. Kyle Fuller is going to be um, locked in on him uh, in week 14. Yep. And you really don't love that. 
So, uh, as for wide receiver two, it's Brandon Cooks. Um, he's been the guy that is, if Will Fuller's covered, Brandon Cooks is the guy that is Deshaun Watson's go-to second look guy. Um, and so he's getting you, uh, he's getting you some good production so far this season. Um, his, his, it's not been consistent enough that I think you're playing him on a week to week basis. Right, I, um, but if you're looking, can I, can I jump uh-huh. in right there? Because I'm going to say something yeah. crazy. I think Brandon cooks is a weekly starter. Now I think he's a wide receiver three. Oh, interesting. So, again, I'm going to keep going back to this. Bill O'Brien was so bad for their offense thing under Bill O'Brien. Here are Brandon cooks numbers Four fantasy points, 14 and a half fantasy points, 5.3 zero post bill o'brien 30.1 21 13 17.3 oh my gosh yeah you know looking at his looking at his stat line over the last five weeks like like you got jacksonville with 161 yards and a touchdown in week five Nine of sixty-eight in a touchdown versus Tennessee, like seven for sixty against Queen Bay. I, you know, now that I see, now that I'm looking closer at the stat line, I, I think you're right on the money with a wide receiver three flex play. I think he's him. in there, and I think in the right matchup, he's even a wide receiver too. It comes down to who they're playing, yeah. but this offense has gotten significantly better after Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and I was really worried early in the year, especially as a Will Fuller owner in a league. But I'm yeah. I'm loving it. I think their offense looks good. I'm comfortable starting those three guys: uh, Will Fuller, Brandon That's Cooks, Deshaun Watson. I'm comfortable starting those three guys on a weekly basis. Running backs, I'm playing yeah. matchups. I'm still starting David Johnson when he's healthy, but I don't love it. No, for sure. All right, let's look at the Tennessee Titans to close out the AFC South. Uh, quarterback Ryan Tannehill, we've talked about him a bunch on the show, so I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail oh. on it. He's a low-end quarterback one to high-end quarterback two. He's a guy you are not trying to trade to get if he's your quarterback mm-hmm. and you don't have one of the weekly starters. You're starting him. Like Honestly, I think yeah. at this point with how Lamar Jackson's been playing, I think Tannehill's right in that category where – Mm-hmm. You know, you have a conversation based on matchup between two guys like that on a week-to-week basis. Tenhill, so far this season, has done well in most of his good matchups and not great in most of his bad matchups with a few outliers in there. He put up 30 on Buffalo. But outside that, mm-hmm. like 14.6 against Chicago and 28.6 against Houston, that's about what you can expect from him. You're playing matchups yeah. with him. You're not trying to go get him. He's got Indianapolis this week, so you're not starting him probably. Com- you're not comfortable. You don't feel good about it. I would look elsewhere if you can and maybe play one of those guys around the 12 to 18 rank that has a good matchup yeah. instead of leaning on Tannehill. But he's a low-end quarterback one. I think that's all we need to say about him. Yeah. So yep. running back is the the great Derrick Henry. This was a guy that in our draft last week, uh, Stephen picked him at two. He's yeah. a stud. I'm talking about yep. Stephen and I'm talking about Derrick Henry here. Uh, yeah. No, I they – they they're both they're both making sure that you understand that they're here yeah, to play. Yeah, Derrick Henry's been a rock star. Again, they played against Chicago this past week, so he he had a single digit game. Ignore it. It's Chicago. Their defense is really good. He had a great game against Pittsburgh, which is another really good defense. He put up 15 points, which mm-hmm. isn't great for a running back, but it's great for a player against Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's good. He's consistent. He has a high ceiling, he has a high floor. You're most weeks going to be getting 15 or more points from him. And he always has the potential to break loose for a stupid good game. Mm -hmm. So he's another player, though, where we have a really, really murky handcuff situation. So if you are Derrick Henry's owner, obviously he's a, a running back one, a high end running back one. He's currently the third best mm-hmm. running back in football. 
Who are you handcuffing him with? Uh, I mean, if Darrington Evans is healthy, is the guy that I yep. think. Um, he's the guy that I think has been most consistent as the number two guy on that team so far. Um, but we've also seen big weeks from Deonta Foreman um, uh, a couple of times so but far I mean, this big season. Big is relative. Um, it's big in terms of like snap yeah. counts, but nobody's really doing anything other than Derrick Henry. Like Darrington yeah. Evans will see a lot of snaps, 0.9 and 1.2 points, and now he's on IR. Deontay Foreman is seeing a decent amount of snaps, but 3.7, 1.1. Jeremy McNichols is seeing snaps, and he's actually the guy getting more touches and he still has had one game above five fantasy points. They're all behind Derrick Henry. It's just, yeah. you know, it's probably Darrington Evans, I agree, if he's healthy, but he's not. So McNichols is getting more snaps and is more effective, but Foreman got more touches this past week. Like, there's, I mean, you're at the end of the day, I even if you wanted to handcuff Derrick Henry, I don't think any of these guys are good enough to really give you to make up the value that you're going to lose. I also think Derrick Henry's insides are probably coated in titanium. So he's (laughs) he's been durable over recent years. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not a lot in that running back two range. If you're in a really deep league, I'm probably, if I've got an open IR slot, picking up Darrington Evans and throwing him on it. And I guess, McNichols because he's been a little bit more productive, but again, I think this but, is a committee if Derrick Henry goes down with an injury. I don't think there's going to be one guy you, that's getting touches yeah. like Derrick Henry, and there are very few players in the league that are like Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well, when it comes yep. to wide receivers, A.J. Brown has really been their clear-cut number one guy, and he's been he's been pretty good when he's been on the field. He has been getting yep. a good amount of targets, uh, seven to nine targets in every game he's played this season. He missed some time, and that's kind of deflating his overall position rank. He's outside the top 20 at wide receiver. <laughs> but he's looked good when he's been on the field, and he's... He's been the most consistent wide receiver in... One of the most consistent wide receivers. Yeah, in he's scored a touchdown season. or two in every game that he's played from week five on no touchdowns in week one, but he still yeah. had five catches and then he missed two weeks, had a bye week and then has come back and scored every week since only one game below 20 fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, and if you're, if you're looking for a guy that is performing better than where he was drafted, I think AJ Brown is, is mm-hmm. well up there for consideration. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I love A.J. Brown going forward. If you can get him from an owner in your league that's maybe just looking at his overall rank, you know, you're shooting him over a, a low-end mm-hmm. top 20 guy, and, you know, well, he's, you know, he's a middle, uh, you know, outside the top 20, and an owner that maybe just looks at that and will do a deal with you, I think he's going to end the season closing in on that wide receiver one range if he keeps playing the way he's playing if he can stay on the field stay healthy you don't love their schedule going forward they've got a tough stretch they're in the middle of right now they just played chicago yeah Uh, he still had a great game the rest of the offense did not and then you've got indy next week baltimore indy again but after that it lightens up when you get to fantasy football playoffs you've got jacksonville detroit green bay houston I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you something something crazy here. I think AJ Brown is matchup proof. Oh, absolutely. Uh yeah. Hmm. I said absolutely, and then when it came I mean, out of my mouth, it, it felt weird, but I think I agree with you. He put up twenty seven at Pittsburgh and twenty at Chicago. Yeah. I mean and against two very good defenses, he's he's managed to produce and play and be good. Uh-huh. I think I think AJ Brown is. I'm gonna give you that one. Uh, you know who's not matchup proof is Corey Davis, who put up zero against Oof. Chicago this past week. Corey Davis is their which is, wide receiver. Which, team. if you're a Corey Davis owner, if you're a Corey Davis owner, and I have been in a in quite a few leagues over the last few years, this has been the year that you were excited about Corey Davis, 
because he's actually played mm-hmm. fairly well. Yeah, especially with how much his draft stock fell going into the season. If you have Corey Davis, you oh, probably yeah. drafted him in like the 14th round. Oh, easily. So the fact that you were able to the fact that Corey Davis has come out and has been able to put the the poor season from last year and the year before mm-hmm. behind him and has been productive so far this year, I he was I mean, you you were excited. And then he plays Chicago and he goes zero catches on three targets for zero yards and you're going what Yeah, the heck? I think going forward he's looked really good with a pretty easy schedule when he's been on the field. He's got a tough schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. He's probably sitting my bench for a couple weeks. And then if he if he shows up against Indy, then I'm considering rolling him out against Baltimore. Maybe considering him against but Baltimore. Until week 13, I'm just kind of watching him and see what he does, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. is the AFC South the least fantasy-friendly NFL division in football? <laughs> I mean, they're really putting up a fight between them and the NFC uh, East uh, for the worst division in fantasy football because I think both of those divisions yeah, are bad. The NFC East still I think has, you have a, I mean, I guess both of them have some top-heavy talent. Yeah. Like you've got A.J. Brown, which you like. You have Derrick I mean, Henry, which you like. Deshaun Watson, which you like. But then... Uh, yeah. I think I think in, in regards to these two divisions, you have some clear-cut starters that you're starting on a week-to-week basis but then after that you want nothing to do with the majority of the rest yeah, of the there's guys a lot of men about. here so we'll maybe maybe next week maybe next week we'll come in with our official votes after we finish things out looking through the east i think the the nfc and afc yeah. east are also in this conversation so we'll we'll take a look at that next week but yeah there's there's a few studs in this division and then a lot of meh Having the Colts yeah. and Jags in here outside yep. of James Robinson, you're looking at two teams where you have a lot of mediocre. Mm-hmm. All right, well, yep. let's move on to the NFC, and we're going to start things off with the uh, the once Super Bowl contenders today embarrassment, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers. Yeah, uh, so let's <laughs> let's talk about them. Yeah. Let's try to take I mean, this past week out of the conversation to a degree because the Bucks are much better than they played on Sunday night. And looking looking at this, yeah. We think they're I mean, we think they're a good division. Why don't you just run us through the division and let's look at these players? Yeah. So I mean Tom Brady is starting quarterback there outside of week two and week nine. He's gotten you at least he's gotten you more than 14 fantasy points in each each of those other seven weeks um you're a little nervous though because he against a couple of good defenses he hasn't looked that good um and i and i think that you have to be aware of that going forward um, cause they got to play Carolina again, which held him under 10 points, um, in week two. Um, and then you also got, uh, like the Kansas city defense is a little like can is hit or miss there, but they haven't been able to stop quarterbacks on occasion so far this season. Um, so I think you really got to be a- aware of Tom Brady yeah. going forward. Am I crazy uh, for you're thinking not that? Crazy. What you really like about Brady is his playoff schedule. What you really don't like is a week 13 by week. So if you're if you're on the fringe of playoffs, you don't want your starting quarterback on by week 13, where you a lot of a lot of no. the time, unless you jumped out to a big league, big lead in your league, you're looking at a must win week 13 in order to make it into the playoffs, yeah. and you don't like having your starting quarterback on by. Outside of that, no. though, you're right. Carolina has been inconsistent against quarterbacks. Sometimes good, sometimes meh. Um, the Rams, you're not excited about in week 11. KC, you feel okay no. with. That's probably going to, you know, I think Brady will play KC hard and and look good. Uh, you you know that, yeah. you know, I know the rest of us probably aren't calling the Bucks a Super Bowl team, but you know that Brady thinks of them as a Super Bowl team. And he's, he's going to want to be making yeah. a statement thinking that this could be a Super Bowl yeah. preview in his mind. 
against KC. So I think he's going to play play mm-hmm. hard to them. But then the playoffs: Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta. I mean, you like that. If fantasy you playoffs, can get to the playoffs why? without Tom Brady going off, he could be a league winner. Yep. There's yep. there's just so much good there. Yep. Um, as for the running backs for the Bucks, uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette is kind of a kind of a um, it's kind of a running back by committee. Um, they're trusting both of these guys, with the exception of um, they're trusting both of these guys, but they're each having a short leash. Um, you saw it this week with Jones; uh, he fumbled uh, kind of early on in there in the game, and really didn't see much else from him for the rest of the game for game for net. Yeah. I mean, I do there. agree. I think that was um, a product of them getting down so big, so early Fournette's really been their yeah. passing down guy, which is funny to think of him that way yep. because he's been a workhorse the rest of his career, but Brady, it seems trust yeah. him in pass protection protection and, and catching the ball. They ran the ball mm-hmm. four times on Sunday night. That is yeah. NFL history. That is the lowest number for rushing attempts in a game so it makes sense that ronald jones did absolutely nothing i like him going forward i would if you have a panicking ronald jones owner in your league i would try to get a deal done this week because you won't be able to next week yep they've got carolina which has been bad against the run and fournette was just on the field because he was catching passes fournette caught six balls this this past sunday night that game i feel like we Mm -hmm. just need to throw that game out because it was so yeah. bad. I don't think that game's indicative of what this team is. The Bucks, I think, are still a good team. No. I still think they're a playoff team this year. It looks like maybe the Saints are going to win that division where people had the Bucks maybe winning it earlier in the year. But yeah, I'm, I'm throwing that game out. I like Ronald Jones as a high-end RB2 going forward still. That hasn't changed for mm-hmm. me. Fournette is a low-end, nope. bi-week-dependent flex play for me. You mm-hmm. like him in, in obviously in PPR because he catches so many passes, but let's let's throw last Sunday out because that was just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, as for the wide receivers, there's 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 actually good value here across the board with these wide receivers. Um, Chris Godwin is kind of their every down guy that Tom Brady looks for. He gets a lot of the production on uh, through the middle of the field, things like that. Uh, Mike Evans is more of the deep shot end zone guy that Brady tends to look at more. Um, and you've seen it in a couple of games that uh, that they have played. Uh, I think in like week four, week five, Evans had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's a ridiculous stat Yeah, his line. touchdown rate <laughs> is um, not sustainable. No. Um, but I think in a lot of drafts, both of these guys were going pretty much right on top of each other. If it wasn't, if one went first, the other went right after. Yeah. I saw both of them going at the Um, beginning of the third round, like right around like, it was like 22, 23, 23, 24. And almost every draft I did. Yeah. Um, So I think if you're, if you're running these guys, Godwin, I think has the more just consistent value. Um, where he's going to get you yards, he's going to get you catches. Evans is going to be more of a touchdown-dependent guy, um, but always a factor for mm-hmm. a big play. And again, like we said, we're tossing out this mm-hmm. last week. Um, this last week was not a, a defining role, defining game for these guys because you have Tom Brady, the offense is good, you trust them going yeah, forward. Yeah, I agree. You're still starting almost every player in this offense going forward. We're throwing the last week out. Yeah. Godwin is the receiver I like most going forward, but he has dealt with injuries all year. Mm-hmm. So if if someone says yep. to me, I, I would rather have Evans just because I'm more confident he's going to be on the field, I'm perfectly fine with that. If yeah. if the Evan, if the Godwin owner is is willing to trade me Chris Godwin for Mike Evans. I would probably do that still just because I like Godwin so Mm -hmm. much. He's just a target hog when he's on the field. He has been inconsistent, so I get it, but I I like him going forward. Yeah. So Antonio Brown, you didn't rank him at one on this team. I did not. Unfortunately, we're again, we're only one week in this game with to his tenure with 
with the Bron- with the Buccaneers. And again, you're throwing this week out because it's not indicative of how good this offense really is. But I think wide receiver that Antonio Brown is a wide receiver three flex consideration going forward because that's his talent. And Tom Brady has 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 shown that he is going to look for Antonio Brown on a week to week basis. I I agree. Brown, what I wanted to see from him in this game is that he was still he still looked like Antonio Brown, that he was still running his routes really cleanly, mm-hmm. that he was getting open. And I saw that. He should have had a deep bomb on, yeah. on one of Brady's picks. I mean, yeah. Brown got open and Brady underthrew it and threw a pick. And I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to happen every week. Brady doesn't have a lot of three interception games in his career. And honestly, I do feel like I'm okay making a deal to get Brown if someone is saying, oh, well, he, he, I, he only caught three balls. Yeah. He's not that good. I would be willing not to give up a, a high-end player for him. But no, honestly, I'm okay making a deal to try to get Brown because he looks like Antonio Brown. I think he's got a good yep. chance to be to be relevant going forward. Yep. And especially, again, you like the fantasy playoff matchups mm-hmm. that the Buccaneers have. Um, this is one of those tight ends that we will talk about, Rob Gronkowski. Why are we going to talk about him, Grant? Um, are we on the does... same page on this one? That I think you're playing matchup, but you're not really trusting him. Yeah, we all are. The way. We are talking about Gronk because he is no longer Gronk. So stop treating him like he's still Gronk. <laughs> so many people are like, uh, he, he had like a. a stretch of three games where he caught a touchdown which was great against bad defenses and and yep. was like oh Gronk's back no he still has single digit games five six the rest times of the this season. season five games yeah. this season were in single digits with a zero point game not injury related Gronk is not Gronk he is in that category to me he's matchup dependent but he's at the back end of matchup dependent I would trade yeah. Rob Gronkowski away for TJ Hawkinson in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. All right, well, let's yep. let's kind of rush through um, these last yeah. few teams. We're running low on time. There is some good value in these teams coming up. Let's move on to the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan's a quarterback. He's Matt Ryan. You don't love having him. You're probably going to want to look elsewhere, but they are scoring a lot of points. On that offense, I mean, they're scoring a lot of points. Yeah. Just not I mean, I'd rather games. I'd rather have <laughs> Matt Ryan than Ryan Tannehill, but he's he's kind of yeah. inconsistent. Like he's a top ten quarterback based on a couple good mm-hmm. games. Otherwise, it, there's been a lot of mediocre in there that you look over because yeah. he's a top ten quarterback. But he's got an eleven point game, a twelve point game, a six point game, two games right around eighteen points. Yeah. He's got two games that were 28 or more points and that's kind of propping up his numbers but i don't i don't love matt ryan do you todd Gurley for me is i'm gonna go ahead and say the most surprising player of this fantasy season can i say that he yep he i think you can like there were obviously other guys like fulgham and robinson that came out of nowhere and it was a surprise in that way but Gurley for me I think most outperformed my personal preseason projections on him. He, he just looks better than I thought he would. He's a top 10 running back. He's a low end wide receiver one. And I, I think I had him as like a low end wide receiver three coming into the season. He just looks good. Mm -hmm. If he can stay healthy, you're starting him week to week, which feels crazy to me, but you're starting him. He's, he's a step down. Um, the the elite running backs, but you you're gonna start him. The handcuff yep. here, it's just such a fantasy friendly offense because their defense is so bad that they're just scoring. So I think I would want a handcuff here, and it's probably gonna be Brian Hill. It's probably a combination of Brian mm-hmm. Hill and Ido Smith if Gurley goes down. But I if Gurley's my running yeah. back, I probably want Brian Hill on my team. And then when it comes to yep. wide receiver, we talk about these guys all the time on the show. I feel like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley 
are both really good players in a fantasy friendly offense. And if you have either of them, you're starting them every week between the two. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. I like Calvin Ridley. If he can stay healthy, he's out right now. We'll see when he comes back. I like Calvin Ridley more than Julio just because I feel like the consistency is there a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but I'm starting both guys. Julio's back. He had a rough start to the year, but he's back. Ridley started super hot and has fallen off since, but they're both in that low end wide receiver one on a good week to mid range wide receiver two on a bad week category. And, and I think with these wide receivers, too, if one of them, if Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley is is injured, then I think Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus do get some – do do yeah, see an uptick in value. Um, because, yeah, because Matt Ryan is looking for his wide receivers. Um, and so there is there is some value there uh, for those guys if one of mm-hmm. – if Jones or Ridley Yeah, Russell Gage out. started the season better than he's continued it, but I agree. If one of the guys is off, he's a guy that I'm looking at as maybe a flex consideration if I need it on a bye week. Yeah. All right. Give me a quick walk through the Panthers. Panthers quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. I think you're playing him matchups Mm -hmm. more than anything. Um, The offense has looked good with him though. Um, It's just been the passing game has been just a little inconsistent for him, uh, which I think you would like to see a little bit more of uh, from him. Um, going forward. As for the running backs, Christian McCaffrey is the clear-cut when he's running healthy. back one. He's the stud. There's no denying it, but he's he's been injured this year. Um, and most recently, uh, just came out yesterday that he's day-to-day with a sol- shoulder injury um, that happened on the last play, uh, the last drive for them. He came back into the game and, and finished the drive, uh, but you still are monitoring that because you've already missed him for six weeks this season. Um, it would hurt to have him go back um, on again. Uh, I have a lot of Christian McCaffrey stock in, I think, like three leagues. So this has been a painful go for me uh, watching him just ride my IR this season. Uh, but the clear-cut handcuff for this team is Mike Davis. He's productive. He's productive. Um, you can trust him to, to fill in that role. Uh, they like him not only both as a runner, but also as a pass catcher. Um, and he's shown that he can get you, he can fill kind of fill in that spot for McCaffrey and get yeah, you good he's points. He's a top 10 um, running back this season. with one less game than most other running backs because week one, he was Christian yeah. McCaffrey's backup. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I think. Mike Davis, clear-cut handcuff. If you've got McCaffrey, you need to have Mike Davis yep. um, and to make sure that you're really um, keeping yourself uh, and This is an offense there. that really likes leaning uh, on man. one running back. So if you have Christian McCaffrey, you yep. are absolutely starting him and not starting Mike Davis. That's, I think, the most base-level analysis mm-hmm. that we can ever give on this show. And if McCaffrey's yep. hurt, you're absolutely starting Mike Davis. Starting Mike Davis. Yep. Um, as for the wide receivers, kind of the the two guys who are in that wide receiver one consideration are DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is out uh, out producing DJ Moore right now, um, but both have been productive enough that you're confident starting either one of them on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I agree. Robbie Anderson is another big surprise for me this football season. I, I was such a big DJ Moore fan, and I still yeah. am. I love DJ Moore. But Robbie Anderson has yeah. become their their big play guy. He's not scored many touchdowns, which is surprising because he's been really good. And then DJ yeah. Moore has kind of become touchdown dependent. Robbie Anderson has one mm-hmm. touchdown this season, and he still leads the team in fantasy points. Yeah. It's it's shocking that when you, as we were saying about getting guys out from underneath Bill O'Brien, that when you get Guys out from underneath Adam Gase they have a lot of production. And you're turns seeing out Robbie Anderson. Anderson's good at football. <laughs> uh, as for the wide receiver two in this spot, Curtis Samuel is a guy that I think you're keeping an eye on. You're probably playing him more matchups than you are on a week-to-week basis. Um, but I do think that there is some good flex consideration yeah, there I for agree. him. He's, he's definitely a flex play. He's super boomer bust. But he's been kind of a gadget player. Like, he's had carries. They're giving yeah. him the ball behind the line of scrimmage. 
they're giving him carries every week. He's had a carry between one and four carries every game this season. He's rushed for two touchdowns so far this year. He yeah. looks really good against KC. Yep. He's a guy I'm definitely keeping an eye on. He's not rostered in nearly enough leagues, around half of them on ESPN. No. He's a top 30 guy. You're not stoked about starting him. You're right. He's yeah. matchup dependent. But he's he's looked good in limited action. Yeah. I think the fact that they're using him in a lot of these wildcat mm-hmm. run plays gives him a gives him a yeah. huge upside. Because, I mean, that's where you're seeing his Yeah, he's getting good, good, a good number of touches. And I think he's producing reasonable value on those. So, can you talk about probably the most fantasy friendly offense? Oh in my the gosh, football man. Right it's now? looking it's looking pretty good. So let's look at the New Orleans Saints. Who, if you started any Saints this past week against the Bucks, you're feeling pretty darn good. Except that they were so far ahead, they started benching people by the fourth quarter. <sighs> so. I'm looking at Alvin Kamara sitting on the bench. Fortunately, uh, I was far enough ahead at that point. But Drew Brees is a mainstay of the National Football League as the quarterback for the Saints. And he he's Drew Brees in fantasy. He's kind of been the same player for the last number of years. That He's he's a high-end wide receiver, too. You play matchups with him. Quarterback, too. Quarterback, too. Uh, did you not know that Drew Brees switched to wide receiver? Yeah, they moved. <laughs> no, they moved I thought that was Taysom quarterback and Brees to wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, he's at thirteen right now because he's had a couple big games, couple not so big games. He's he's another category yeah. that I always make fun of Derek Carr for, where he is really consistent and he is consistently a little better than mediocre. He's a little mediocre. better than mediocre. I'd rather have Drew Brees than Derek Carr by a long shot. So he's I feel like his ceiling is not as high as you would expect it to be just because Alvin Kamara is so good. But the one thing he has going for him this year is he's throwing for a lot of yards on these little dump offs to Alvin Kamara. So he throws this like two yard pass to Kamara and Kamara runs it 30 yards down the field. Guess who gets all 30 of those passing yards? Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Speaking of Alvin Kamara, this is another running back situation where you have Alvin Kamara is an absolute stud number one running back in fantasy so far this year and I believe he will end the season there and he's an absolute stud you are starting him week in week out regardless of matchup the only reason he had a a not great game against the Bucks is that they were just so far ahead so early that they didn't need to give him the ball very much so he only had 14 touches but on 14 touches he still scored 15.9 fantasy points he is just so yeah. efficient. He So here's what's crazy here. Um, he has not carried the ball more than 20 times in a single game this season. That's, that's a ridiculous stat. But it also shows you how much the Saints realize that Alvin Kamara is not only a good rusher, He's an incredible but a good pass, pass catcher, catcher. And how they want to utilize him and how they want to utilize him in that offense. Because more often than not, you see Drew Brees – looking through his progressions, looking, looking, looking. Nobody's open downfield. He just hits Alvin Kamara, and Kamara takes it. Like, that's that's the value that Alvin Kamara brings. And I think you, if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, Oh, yeah, in a PPR league, that's what makes him so good. He has one game this season with less than five receptions. It's it's, He he just has so much value. Latavius Murray is their other running back, and he still gets a reasonable amount of play. He's not startable yeah. really while Kamara's on the field, but the second if Kamara goes down with an injury, Latavius Murray is instantly no. a running back one, I believe. And you like seeing that Sean Payton likes using Murray on a more No, I hate seeing that. Get him off the field of... and give Alvin Kamara the football. I'm sick of watching <laughs> Latavius Murray carry that thing. All right, but if you're if you're a Latavius or Murray owner with Alvin Kamara, you like seeing Murray get those touches because it knows you. It shows you the the trust that mm-hmm. Sean Payton has in Murray that you don't have to worry about the how he's used in the offense yep. if Kamara goes down. No, I completely agree. When we get to wide receivers, Michael Thomas is their wide receiver one. I still think he is one of the most talented receivers in football, but again, his injuries this season have just been brutal Ugh. so when he's on the field you're starting him and it's not close 
And yes. that's all the analysis we need. If he's healthy and he's on the field, he's in your starting lineup. Emmanuel Sanders is their number yep. two guy, and he's been pretty good this year outside of week two. Yeah. He's been getting 10 or more fantasy points. Outside of the one week that you picked the him as a, as a superstar? I told everyone to start Emmanuel Sanders. He let me down. Outside of that, he's been good. And then I'm just <laughs> going to mention his name. Traquan Smith is their other you know, he's their wide receiver three. Yeah. He hasn't done a whole lot this year. He's a guy to just keep an eye on. He had one good game, one kind of okay game. I, I think I think Marquez Callaway is probably the guy that I like a little bit okay. more than Traquan Smith. because uh, Callaway is kind of taking that Callaway Callaway kind of stepped into that uh the week that Thomas and Smith were both out. Callaway stepped up and I and had a lot more production than Smith has had. Yeah, so far I'm okay with that, but I'm probably not really picking any of them up unless you see Thomas and Sanders no. both go down or you're in a crazy deal. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. that's what we have for the rundown of the South. Uh, we're going to be back next week with the East, but before we go, we're going to close things off with. Uh, a couple waiver wire pickups, a couple Sunday superstars. Grant, why don't you give me your waiver wire pickup of the week? Yeah, this is a guy that I think you want to grab to keep an eye on um, because with the injury to Justin Jackson last minute in the Chargers game, Kalen Balage actually showed mm-hmm. up and got you some good production this week. Um, 15 rushes for 69 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's, he's also being used in the passing game mm-hmm. here and there too. Um, if Troy main Pope and Justin, Justin Jackson are both injured. I think Kalen Bellage has a very good chance to, to have another good week. He's only rostered in about 0.3% of ESPN fantasy leagues right now. Um, so he's going to be on your mm-hmm. on your waiver wire. Um, and with the way that that offense is moving and the way that they're producing, it's 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 turning into a fantasy-friendly offense mm-hmm. on all fronts uh, that I think Kalen Balaj uh, deserves some recognition as yeah, a waiver wire pickup Yeah, I agree. He's worth week. picking up and stashing. Any offense that Justin Herbert is in, you you want a piece of. So he's, he's worth a stash. I'm not ready to start him yet. You're right. It's definitely based on other people being injured ahead of him. But yep. But I, I like that. So I've got I've got a waiver wire pickup that um, I think is worth stashing. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. He looked mm-hmm. really good last night against a really bad yeah. defense. So you take it with a grain of salt. But you know, you figure the Patriots' offense has to get a little bit better at some point. Their schedule isn't great going forward, but it's not insane. And it seems yeah. like every week Cam is looking more and more toward Jacoby Myers. And a wide receiver one mm-hmm. in a bad offense is still a wide receiver one. And he's worth looking at, especially considering yeah. that he is currently only rostered in about 10.3% of ESPN leagues. So he's worth picking up. I don't know yeah. if I'm starting him unless I'm super desperate, but – I mean, you're not starting nope. him this week against Baltimore, Houston. Yeah, I'd maybe you look at starting him. Arizona. I don't love him at Arizona. Arizona, you're. Uh, but then it's like you look going forward. You get the Chargers. You get the Rams. You get the Dolphins. Um, I mean, he's got he's got kind of a good 16, stretch there. You have Rams, um, Buffalo, which you don't love, but then you have Miami in 15, which is okay. But if your league goes to Week 17, you got the Jets again. That could be a league winner. Yeah. All right, let's close things off with a Sunday superstar. This is a player that we think is going to go above and beyond their expectation for this coming weekend. Grant, give me your Sunday superstar. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, you talked about him in week two, and he kind of made you regret that decision, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to take him this week. Uh, Manuel Sanders, he's playing against the Niners. I mean, the Niners' defense is so banged up right now. Um, They... I mean, you saw it last week on Thursday night with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers was just basically picking and choosing which receiver he wanted to mm-hmm. throw to whenever he wanted to. Um, so, and I think Drew Brees could do the same this week. Um, so, I he's a guy that I like this week um, to get you more than the like nine or ten points that yep, he's projected for. I completely for. agree. Um, 
my Sunday superstar this week is going to be Antonio Gibson. Do you know which defense has allowed the most fantasy points to opposing running backs? Um, is it it is. It is the, the Detroit North. Lions. And you know who Antonio Gibson gets to play against this, this coming Sunday? That's a great I'm guess, I'm going to guess the Detroit Grant. Lions. We are looking for a big <laughs> game from Antonio Gibson against the Detroit Lions. He's Washington's number one running back, and that offense has not been great. Yep. Uh, Alex Smith is no. looking like he's going to be starting this week at quarterback. There's he's, no. He's there's going no to be starting. Like he is. He is going to be the starter because Kyle. Allen yeah, that's a replay that him. I don't ever want to see again in my life. The angle that his ankle went was which, not quite Dak Prescott bad, but it I, was that was brutal. Which I think we need to launch an investigation in the into the New York Football Giants because they've now injured two quarterbacks. And Greg Williams isn't ankles. even on their coaching um, staff. And, I, and yeah, and I would like I would like it, I would like the NFL to to launch an investigation in, in ankle. The Giants uh, aren't organized game. enough as an organization to have any type of widespread <laughs> quarterback elimination and also they're gonna pick kyle mm. allen of all the quarterbacks they're worried about <laughs> but let's definitely no, start antonio gibson this week i think he's a high-end flex play i think he's gonna have a great game and you know both of us are, are really hoping yep. for it we're coming off probably our best week i just want to gloat for a second uh, i hope someone out there took my advice <sighs> on drew Locke, and i even said it like he's a bad quarterback but the matchup was just that good. You know how you know what Drew Locke did this past weekend? He's still the number 29 quarterback in fantasy. But he completed 25 out of 48 passes, only 52%, which is not good. Oh my 313 gosh. 313 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, ran the ball for another seven carries for 47 yards, and a touchdown for 29.22 fantasy points. I mean I mean, if that if that isn't the like prime example of just how bad the Falcons are this season, oh, like I don't know what is. They were up they were up so big again, and they very they they tried very hard to yeah, lose that game. Well, again. it looked great, and we're feeling good, so we're going for another strong week. Marvin Jones was also not too shabby, about thirteen fantasy points. So good call by you on him as well. Yep. You know, when when you're looking at thirteen points from your wide receiver two or three, you feel okay about that. Well, that's all we have yep. for you on the show today. We'll be back here next Tuesday to close off our division breakdown by looking at the East. You know, the East is beast division. Uh, not a beast in the powerful way, a yep. beast in the super ugly way. So we're going we're gonna to yep. be breaking that down next week. Hope you'll join us. Give us a follow on Twitter at the 25-yard line. If you want to shoot us an email with any questions or any uh, any feedback on the calls you think we got wrong on the show go ahead and shoot us an email 25 yard line at gmail.com and i hope you have a great week and win some matchups this weekend good luck good luck everybody